quick rundown of the episode. I'm bringing on GR Whiskey, whose home base is Michigan and was actually the first person who invited me on his podcast and kind of got the idea of starting a podcast in my head. He actually just bought a bottle of Kirkland Signature Small Batch. So he's going to pop it, give us some thoughts, some tasting notes, which uh, is a sourced whiskey from 1792 that's now available at Costco. We're also going to talk about Michigan whiskey, specifically Traverse City. That has a bottle I picked up locally here in southern Indiana. They've got a nice variety of offerings. This is actually the first bottle I've had the chance to try from them. And we're going to talk about some other bottles they've had that he's had the opportunity to try, like their barrel proof and their port barrel finish, which may or may not put Angel's Envy to shame. So, uh, GR Whiskey, how's it going? It's good, man. Um, really appreciate you having me on. Um, it's really, really hot here. I don't know if you uh, <laughs> how it is down where you're at right now, but and I uh, recently set up this kind of like outside, like patio space to try to have a little bit more of ambiance when I'm recording, add a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, cooler atmosphere. But I'm sweating. I'm not gonna lie. So besides that, all good though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely muggy down here, but. I'm uh I'm inside though, unlike you. So uh, must be I don't nice. Have to, I, don't, I don't have to deal with the heat, but I'm actually in between office slash studios. I'm trying to get my basement done. So as soon as I get that done, I'll be moving downstairs. But yeah, for now I'm I'm still upstairs in kind of a makeshift, kind of just making a work thing. But um, I wanted to get you on specifically talk about a handful of different things. Um, and we just added the uh, Kirkland Select to the menu that we're going to talk about because I saw that you bought that earlier today. <laughs> and also Traverse City Whiskey, which you introduced me to. And uh, I went ahead and bought the Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which is actually the only, really, well, the only bottle I've been able to find. It was actually hmm. at my Meyer. But I do have a couple people that hit me up after I made a post about it. And uh, I think I'm hopefully going to be able to get the North, North Coast Rye and the oh, Barrel yeah. Proof. Yeah, Barrel Proof here soon. At least sample bottles. Looking forward oh, yeah, to that, dude. but but have you uh, have you had a chance to open up the uh, small batch yet? No, I have not actually. So this is going to be my um, my first reaction right on your podcast. So if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But nice. um, it is what it is. I'm super excited. Um, I if I remember correctly, we talked a little bit about it last time, and it's uh, it's one of three. I, I believe it's three, right? That they were dropping ones. I believe a barrel proof. And I think I, I want to, no, not barrel proof, a uh, bottle and bond. They're doing a bottle and a bond one. I know that. And I think the other one's either a rye or a barrel proof bourbon. I can't remember for sure. But if I had to guess, man, yeah, I don't know. I, I totally forgot. I was reading about it before I hopped on it, but then I started staring at the bottle. And I got a little too excited and I forgot. All I know is there's definitely three of them that are coming out. And I know they usually like to drop their, their selects um, towards the end of the year. So hopefully we'll be able to see more from them. I'm excited to try it. Um, I feel kind of bad because you said you haven't tried it yet, right? I have not. Okay. So this is going to be kind of a weird one-sided thing where I try it and you just kind of watch me and <laughs> <laughs> take me for my word. But um, first off though, I mean, I, so I walked, I was, I was just going through groceries, groceries and stuff. Right. Um, and I walked by and I was like, well, looks like my store finally got it in. And I huge case of it, huge, uh, huge display. So I just reached and grabbed a bottle. My first reaction was, holy crap, this is huge. Like I thought it, I thought it was just like your standard, you know, like 750, but no, it's a freaking liter. And I like pulled it out and I was like, 
because I saw the price. I was like, 27 bucks? Yeah, that's not bad. That's like a pretty solid price for a uh, for a fifth of anything. Um, but then I found out it wasn't actually a fifth. It's a, it's a freaking liter. So you're getting a liter of bourbon at the same price of what you would be paying for like your standard like everyday drinker and like a 750. So just like right off the bat, price to liquid ratio pretty solid so <laughs> and then i mean it's 17.92 which i would i think they weren't super um open about their uh their mash bill but if it's anything like uh barton 17.92 puts out i would imagine it's probably a higher rye um plenty of corn and there's no age statement on it but it is a straight bourbon which means it's got to at least be two years old so um that's really it you want me to talk about it a little bit and open it and then kind of go from there yeah, pop it open, pop it Sweet. open, and uh, and I do have it pulled up. Yeah, so they got the small batch, which is the first bottle that they're going to release, okay. and then the bottle in bond, which I'm assuming is going to be the second, and then the single barrel is the third one that they're going to release. And like you mentioned, 1792. So I was going to ask if you actually like 1792. I've got one of their single barrels right now, mm-hmm. and it's and it's really good. I agree with that. Um, I've tried a lot of their stuff. I haven't tried their. I think they have a what is it, a 12 year. I think that might be the only one I haven't tried yet. Um, I, uh, I've heard a lot of people give me different opinions on this. I think their sweet wheat is amazing. It's definitely one of uh, the better wheated bourbons I've ever had. Super sweet, super easy to sip. They're foolproof. The one with the, the black label on the neck is probably my favorite by them. Um, I have a, a, a barrel pick of that one as well. So uh, I do like the stuff they put out. You can't go wrong with it. I mean, it's got the flavor you want. So let's see what we got here. So first off, like just color in the bottle. It looks looks pretty nice. It's pretty uh, it's a good color. If I had to guess by looking, at it, I mean it's definitely on the younger side. Um, it has been soaking in wood for terribly long, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, it's good, healthy pour. Um, right off the bat, the nose. It's not terribly complex, but I can definitely. Um, it's not super super young. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, at least two years old. I'd guess definitely around two three years. But yeah, lots of corn. It's like the main thing that hits me off the nose. Corn, a little bit of vanilla. Nothing else. I mean, it's 46%, so it's not terribly high proof. It's not bad. It goes down pretty smooth. Nice little bit of heat at the end. Medium finish. The mouthfeel is pretty syrupy. It kind of sticks a little bit, which I really, really like. I don't like something to go down too thin, I guess. It definitely stays a little bit in there and... Um, I really appreciate that uh, that flavor that's going on there. Um, I have no idea what legs mean on whiskey, but it does have legs. It sticks to the <laughs> <laughs> it sticks to the glass. <laughs> but um, if I had to compare it to, so it's from seventeen ninety two. It's definitely better than seventeen ninety two's small batch, in my opinion. I haven't had it in a while, but just like off, just off the nose, off the palate, it's a better drinker, I think. But um, hands down, great value, honestly, like. You, this, this would go really, really, really good in cocktails, good as a daily sipper, throw a little bit of ice in there. There's just enough heat being 46%. I mean, it's pretty um, – if it was 40%, I think this would be super flat. Um, but being around 40, 46 as opposed to 40, you get a lot of flavor notes in there. I recommend it. I mean, I'd say it's probably solid uh, 7, 7.5 out of 10, maybe even an 8 given to the price factor. But um, that's it, man. I mean, I feel like I've rambled enough about this. <laughs> I think you convinced me. I think you convinced me to go out and give it a try. I've got a Costco. I've got a Costco a couple miles away from where I'm at. I had planned on getting it as soon as it released, but I just haven't gotten over there yet. I, I was more looking forward to the bottled and bond 
but the small batch, I, I mean, for 27 bucks for a whole liter, <laughs> you can't I mean, go wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid, like everyday sipper you can make in cocktails. Like honestly, I'm not sure how many bottles they have out there. I would assume it's a somewhat limited release. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I really have no idea, but, um, I'm definitely going to go back and get some more because I, I, I want to stock up on this. Just grab like 10 bottles and sit on them. I mean, when stuff like this happens, especially since they're open about it being 1792 and you see the, just the insane prices for a lot of this whiskey now, especially on the secondary, it's insane. I mean, I think, I think people, I mean, obviously they'll overlook it just because it's Kirkland signature and you know, for whatever reason, but right. Yeah. I mean, these private labels are really good options, especially for people that are looking for good whiskey at an affordable price, 27 bucks for a liter really can't be beat. No, you really can't. Honestly. Um, yeah, everyone, if you're listening, you got a Costco nearby, go out and buy this. I'm not sponsored in any way by 1792 or Kirkland. I wish I was, but um, seriously, super easy to sip. I mean, whether you're a super experienced drinker of whiskey or you're just getting into it, I don't think you can go wrong with this. It's super good. So, and I, th- and I think a lot of people don't realize with stuff like Costco and Sam's Club, I think Sam's Club, no matter what state you're in, with or without a membership, you can go in and buy alcohol. Exactly. Yep. I think Costco's a little different, but I think there's 14 total states where you can actually go in and buy buy alcohol. And the only reason I know that is because Indiana is one of them. Yeah, I believe we are too. Um, I know um, Colorado, where I'm like originally from, the the Costco's there. Like the liquor is actually in a separate store. It's attached to the Costco. Like you still walk in that main door with all the carts and everything. But like instead of going into the store, they got like a little door off to the side. That literally anyone can go in and buy whatever alcohol they have. I, I would say I think there's, there's I think there's some sort of rule against that where you can't have like a store that's membership only that you can buy that you to go buy liquor at. I think there's some sort of um, regulation against that that prohibits that kind of um, that thing. And you know because of that, Costco is unable to you know restrict the sale of their alcohol to uh, members only. I think that's what's going on. I mean, that makes sense. I've actually reading a book. My wife got me, uh, give me Liberty or give me a drink. And it talks about like kind of the outdated, kind of the outdated laws in all these states. Once prohibition hit, they kind of just threw all (laughs) these just random laws on the books for all these individual states. I mean, I can remember even now, uh, we go down to, uh, Kentucky Lake, which is probably two, three hours from where I'm at in Evansville. And you go through, you still go through dry counties in Kentucky. I, I, you know, a lot of people don't think about that unless you're from Kentucky, but, uh, I can remember just randomly stopping somewhere to try to get some alcohol and it's like, Nope, you just don't entire, got it. <laughs> yep, entire County. And it's just, I mean, it's 2021. How in the world, <laughs> how in the world do you have dry counties? It does, especially in Kentucky. It doesn't make yeah, any you, sense. You would imagine that of all, I mean, of all the freaking States that wouldn't <laughs> have it, Kentucky should be like top of the list. Like it's like the freaking home of bourbon, dude. Like, come on. But um, it's good stuff, man. Definitely recommend it. I feel like I've spent enough time talking about Kirkland and all that. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about what we kind of originally started talking about with Traverse City whiskey. Um, I think um, you said you recently got a bottle of it, right? And you said the only one you were able to get was the just their straight bourbon, right? Yep. So that is their so triple X straight bourbon. What I think we planned on hopping on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and that's when I bought it. And I mean, bottles already half empty which is a good sign <laughs> that's a um, testament to it yeah for sure yeah and like you said like kind of like with kirkland it's so triple x straight bourbon i don't know where that name comes from but it says you know oak barrels for four years or more 86 proof so not bad i mean generally 
I mean, I generally try to stick to things that are hundred proof or higher. Not, yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a high proof snob or whatever, but that's just kind of what I prefer. So if I'm going to buy something generally, it's going to be higher proof. But like I said, I've already drank half this bottle, which is probably not a good thing. I probably should have took it a little slower, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how long you said it's been what two weeks? Yeah, it's been about two weeks. I think when I first posted about it and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I got it at Meyer for, I think it was mid thirties. I mean, if it's a solid whiskey, 30, 35 bucks all day, any day for sure. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and, uh, if you ever get the chance to come out here and go up there, it's a different experience. Like it's amazing. There's some things that are at the actual distillery that you can only get from there. Certain like distillery specials and whatnot. And, um, honestly, it's super cool to go up there and talk to the guys there. I was there last summer. I got to go back again. It's been too long. And it was actually Traverse city whiskey that turned me into GR whiskey. Cause I was literally just like on a whim. I was up there like, Hey, it's a place. It's literally called Traverse city whiskey. There is no Grand Rapids whiskey yet. So just off that, like I was not really into whiskey insanely yet. Like I've always been kind of into it and drank a little bit here and there, but it was not something that I did a deep dive on, but being up there and just seeing how they did things and just trying a bunch of the other spots that were up there. I was like, it's kind of cool. Why is there any Grand Rapids whiskey yet? And I was like, Instagram names available. Let's do it. So TC whiskey is actually what made GR whiskey happen. So shout out to them for that in case I ever get to talk to them in depth about that. But um, in my opinion, I've tried, so I've tried everything that they have to offer, right? So like you've got your uh, straight bourbon, you've got your barrel proof, which is what I'm about to pour a, pour a little glass of here. You got your American cherry, which is amazing as far as like flavored, you know, whiskeys go. It's not super, super upfront with the cherry, like some like, you know, like, so like say Jack Daniels honey, where it's literally just like liqueur like honey liqueur it's not an actual whiskey um but like the american cherry you've got actual subtle notes of cherry but it's also still definitely very much a whiskey you can taste like a whiskey it drinks like a whiskey it just has a little bit of a cherry note that kind of kicks towards the end which super appreciate about that they got their north coast rye um i've been on a rye kick lately super phenomenal as well but my all-time favorite would have to be their port barrel finish and it's funny because I've got bottles that are like twice the price sitting on my shelf of that one. But that one's still like my my special occasion drinker because of how much I enjoy it. It's the port barrel finish and it's barrel proof on top of that. So it basically, in my opinion, you ever try um, Angel's Envy at all? Ever get into that? I've had it at bars. I've, ne- I've never bought the bottles for some reason. It doesn't appeal to me too much, right. but I actually did it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I'm ne- I don't know. It's just it's kind of a little out of my price range for that. For what i'm looking for but it's not and bad so and you would com- you would compare it to that uh i'm glad you said that because that's ex- my exact experience with angel's envy um it's got i do appreciate the port barrel finish you know it adds some extra flavors to which are nice but it's just not all that basically traverse city's port barrel finish especially in the barrel proof offering is what angel's envy could have been but wasn't that's basically how i say it which i know is a very kind of like it's a bold statement to make but um that's how i put it I think that if you were to take Angel's Envy and make it better, you would get Traverse City Port Barrel Finish. So that's uh, nice. it's my opinion. Definitely got to try it. If you can't get your hands on it, let me know. I got a bottle, so I can shoot, shoot you a sample, no problem. Yeah, we might have to do that. I know I've seen the American Cherry at the Meyer uh, by me, but those are the only two I've seen. And when I went to buy, when I went to look again, all I saw was the Triple X Straight Bourbon. I think around the holidays, there was a three-pack that you could buy yeah. that had the small, that had the smaller bottles. Yeah. 
They have an Apple too. I don't know if you saw that or mentioned that at all, but I still have that one too. Super easy sipper. Same thing with their not super overly sweet, but the Apple is a really nice finish. So yeah, I'm gonna have to make it up to Michigan. Michigan in the summertime is tough to beat. A lot of people are sleeping oh, yeah. on Michigan in the summertime. That's for sure. They really are, man. It's it's it really is. It's a beautiful spot. You got stuff to drink. Grand Rapids is like beer city, but it's also becoming a lot more um, cocktail and spirits based as well. Like you got Eastern Kill literally down the street from me. I could walk there if I wanted. Like seriously, you got a uh, Long Road as well. You got a few other smaller spots that are popping up. They're doing great things, but it really is becoming a more well-rounded city. I mean, being beer city like USA, basically, it would make sense to go ahead and you know, try your hand at some spirits too. Um, well, anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on TC whiskey? I'm, I'm curious. Like, what do you think about it? Do you have it on hand? Are you sipping it right now? What do you think? Yep. So I got it on hand. I poured a glass, definitely a lot of vanilla. It's a little more heat than I expected. There is a little <laughs> bit of heat, even though it's lower proof, which, which is what I like. And I think that's kind of why I've already went through half the bottle. Cause it's, it's a perfect, I guess it's a perfect nightcap. If you're just kind of like watching TV, and I, and I kind of, I'm trying to find something to compare it to. I mean, it's good. I'm not, I'm not really worried if it's sourced or not. It doesn't no, really yeah. bother me, bother me too much. I mean, at this price, I definitely think I'm going to buy another bottle for sure. Uh, absolutely, man. Um, it's kind of a different comparison because I'm drinking the, uh, the Traverse City whiskey. Uh, they're barrel proof. So it's six years old. Um, it's a little higher proof. You got 62%. Um, so uh, what is that, man? 124 proof. I can do math. Yes, 124 proof. But it's a single barrel private select from a local spot here, uh, Smitty's, which uh, I always like their stuff. They've got great barrel picks there. Um, so it's it's a little bit basically of a, the higher up version of what you're drinking. Very, very similar. Um, most likely the same mash bill and everything else. But being a single barrel um, private select and then being barrel proof as well, kind of you get the same flavors that you kind of described a little bit with the triple X bourbon. A little bit more amplified. Definitely has that heat that you're talking about that you're looking for. And I've had a few barrel selects of, uh, of this stuff. This one's one of my favorites from them for sure. Yeah. I mean, I am kind of bummed. That's the only bad thing about living in Evansville. We don't have uh, we don't really have a local distillery. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm right across the border from Kentucky, but it would still be kind of cool to have somewhere local. I did see, cause I know we talked about last time about uh, the uh, whistle pig bottle that you bought. That mm-hmm. was <laughs> how expensive was it? I don't like talking about it, but it was, <laughs> what was it? $4.99 um, and not $4.99, like, like $499. Um, would I do it again? Absolutely not. Never, never, ever again. But it was it was a cool flex to myself, not really to anybody else. Just more of like a reminder that, hey, I can actually do this. It was good. Um, I don't know if I hit on this last time, but I did blind taste it against some other cheaper rise and the other stuff won, which was really sad. Mm, um, that's always a and, bummer. Yeah, between me and a whole bunch of friends, everyone chose uh, other rise over uh, over the whistle pig. But uh, anyways, yeah. So I did that. You got anything? I think you said you did some uh, you did some looking into whistle pig, and I think there's some new stuff coming up that I think you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So so they are doing a uh, I well I, th- I guess it was going to be released this month, so it's probably already on shelf somewhere. But the Beyond Bonded Bourbon and oh, Beyond yeah. Bonded Rye. So they're available this month. Um, so farm stock rye, farm stock bourbon, and you know how it is. Everybody's they, everybody's got to put their own little twist on things. So uh, of course, this is one hundred point one proof. I guess it is a little bit beyond bonded. MSRP, <laughs> yeah, MSR, MSRP is a hundred bucks. It, oh, really? Are you 
So <laughs> that's what Come on. that's what I was gonna say. And what what stops me, obviously, what stops me from buying Whistle Pig is just the the price at mm-hmm. this point. I you know I've had a couple bottles or a couple glasses from uh, you know people that have that have bought the man for a hundred bucks for a bottle. It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be top of the line. And I probably I probably have to try it before. Unless it's something like maybe like Old Forester, it's like one of my favorite brands, Wild Turkey, Old Forester bottles, and you know from those distilleries, I'll probably, you know, I'll splurge on every now and then. But I don't know. I was kind of bummed whenever it was hundred bucks. I was hoping it'd be below eighty, but yeah, yeah. I mean, even around eighty, I'd still probably. I mean, it's one of those things that I kind of want to try first now before I just go out and buy a bottle because it's like it's their first bourbon, right? I mean, I'm I've had really good rye from them, and I still do like the uh, the Whistle Pig. the boss hog that I got from them. It was still very good. It was just for that much money. I mean, and, you know, being a more of a high proof guy myself, I want a little bit more proof. Like it was a very smooth sipper, very, uh, lots of muted flavors. But when I say lots of flavors, I would say that's probably more important than the fact that they were muted. Like there was so much going on, but none of them were in your face, like spice on the tongue, you know, long finish, like some other stuff that's like higher proof compared to it. Um, but still, I'm I'm interested on that. Um, Whistle Pig, um, they do some of the stuff like their farm stock or their home. I think they have one that's Homestead too, as well. I think that's what it's called, where they literally like make everything on their farm, which I think is super cool. You know what I mean? Like you got your grains coming from the farm. You got the uh, the barrels comes from the oak trees that they grow on the property. The water comes from the river that runs through you know the property as well. And I think that's something you don't see too often of. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head if there are any other distilleries that do that, but that's that's kind of rare. You know, you got a spot that literally does like they've got an expression of one of their whiskeys where everything that goes into the production of that bottle, except for maybe the glass. I don't know if they have a glass blower out back making bottles or not, um, <laughs> but, you know, literally everything that goes into the production of that bottle happens on the property. And I think there's something to be said about that, you know, Um especially bottles like that, it does justify a higher price because at the end of the day, if you're going to get a source whiskey and you're, you know, you want to pay, you know, 80, hundred bucks for it, it's hundred percent marketing, right? It's labeling. It's the bottle. Um, I always think of smoke wagon, not, yep. not that it's always a bad thing, but I mean, you know, the bottle's different. People like the bottle. It's, it's not available in Indiana. So that makes it a little, mm-hmm. you know, a little cool to have, but my yeah. buddy actually, I know you said you're from Colorado. My buddy actually lives out in Colorado and he's always, uh, whenever he drives back once or twice a year, he's always, uh, grabbing because for whatever reason, it seems like just on the shelf is good whiskey <laughs> is good whiskeys in Colorado. And, yep. uh, man, it's just, it's tough. It's tough hunting. It's been tough hunting for the last probably year and a half where I'm at. No, I, I bet. Same here. I actually just kind of gave up on it. I don't really go hunting out for bottles anymore. I just, I have a couple spots that I walk through, you know, very regularly. If there's something there, there's something there. Um, I have a, like, a special uh, liquor store that I go to all the time that's, you know, for better or for worse, right in front of my office. <laughs> so <laughs> I walk over there every single day. They know me by name, mostly to buy water or like a Diet Coke or whatever, or like a snack or whatnot, you know, but like keeping that connection, like sometimes I'll go lucky, I'll go in, they'll be like, yo, I got a bottle of this, like come in, you want to try it? And, you know, having that connection is the only way that I'm going to try to get those bottles, but it's just so much effort, man, going out there and hunting. I mean, like, like you said, like Colorado, like if it's a good bottle, you'll find it there. 
only place I've ever seen Pappy on the shelf was in Colorado, but the guys were asking for, you know, ridiculous secondary price markups that like, I literally just laughed in the dude's face. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like that's, that bothers me gathering dust. He's like, no, 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 there's literally someone on their way right now to buy it, but I'll sell it to you. And I'm like, I was like, hold up. You're telling me this guy that's on his way right now to buy it from you, but you about to sell it to me. Like that's kind of low, man. Like he's like, yeah, he's driving an hour to pick it up. Like it, but you know, so it's not going to be here when you come back tomorrow. And I was like, like no offense and like part of my language but that's kind of shitty on you like like i, I would <laughs> yeah, hate but... to be that guy <laughs> i would hate to be him if i were to actually swoop this bottle up <laughs> i mean he probably all right i mean that's probably i mean that dude is literally the worst salesman i've ever heard because mm-hmm. that, that, that's not a very believable story but i mean i just kind of got over driving all the time trying to find these different you know trying to find a different bottles and there there's I mean, I guess if you lived in like Ohio, I know they've got that website where it kind of shows like a rough oh, yeah. kind of kind of stock of, of everything, which is a little different. Indiana, at least that I'm aware of, Indiana doesn't have that. But I've mainly just been trying to get if I, if I have a bottle I really want, I'm just gonna go through my contacts on Instagram, see if I can see if I can get lucky, see if somebody got two or three bottles at once. Which even even like the old Forester single barrel rye that came out, I really want that one. Mm-hmm even though I kind of talk shit about it in one of the episodes, <laughs> yeah, just because, I mean, is it, is it going to be, is it going to be, well, now I'll probably have to get it secondary. So I think I saw in one of my secondary groups on Facebook that it was like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Somebody put 300 bucks and it sold in like 15 minutes. So, you know, good for that guy, but I'm not yeah, going to yeah. pay three. I'm not going to pay 300 bucks for it, but I think it was retail 80 and I probably would. I, I mean, I definitely would pay retail for it, but, it's not going to be four times better than the hundred proof. No, no way. No way. Sorry. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The hundred proof rye from old forester is like one of the ones I recommend to most of people, especially if they say, Oh, I'm just trying to get into rise or Hey, what's your favorite rye? I mean, for the price, the hundred proof old forester is tough to beat. So, I mean, it's cool that they're coming out with a single barrel, but you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just... and it's, and it's going to sell out. So whatever, do whatever you want to do. One of my but, uh, buddies actually, at, he, he had literally the best luck ever. Like, he, I hope he went out and bought a lot of ticket the same day because he went out, grabbed a bottle of William LaRue Weller. Um, he found it for retail, so he paid like 105 for that. And then literally the same day in the afternoon, he got a bottle of that rye. Like, same thing, retail. And I was like, dude. you literally just found two bottles in the same day. Like, like you didn't, I assume you probably tried a little bit and you got some connections, but still – like how how are you that lucky um you know what i mean like i think it really is all about being at the right place at the right time you know what i mean which is unfortunate but that's hunting i guess <laughs> i don't know i like it that whiskey's gotten big i, I kind of have a i look at it both ways i mean it sucks for me personally just because i can't get the bottles that i want anymore but it's also i mean it's good that this gives people incentive to try new things mm-hmm. And the more people that drink whiskey, the better long term, yeah. hopefully, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, I- I'm going to have to break down and buy a whistle pig bottle here soon. But I know you said, I mean, it, like you said, it does make a perfect uh, infinity bottle. That's what you did for the yep. boss hog. That's what I did. That's what I did. Well, how did it turn out, though? So here's the thing. There's two ways that you can go about doing an infinity bottle. I think I, I talked about this a little bit. I had a podcast that was supposed to be dedicated to infinity bottle making, but then we ended up like screwing around talking about literally everything else but infinity bottle making um and then we talked about a little bit about it at the end but anyways um there's two ways of going about it you can either go um you know the the true way of doing it where it's like you do your bottle kills and you pour a little bit of 
each bottle out at the end and you just keep filling it up until it's full. Or you can go a uh, full on mad scientist and try to just plan what goes in it. Um, and um, there's, there's, there's a blend between the two of those where it's like you, uh, you do your bottle kills, but then you plan what parts of your bottle kills go into it. I didn't have the patience for that. I wanted to make one right off the bat. So if, if anything, it wasn't really a true infinity bottle. It was more of like a blending experiment, if you will. <laughs> so what I did was I was very intentional about the, the whiskeys I put into it. Um, I put 50% bourbon. I put 25% wheated bourbon or straight wheat whiskey. And then the remaining 25% was rye. And because I did that, I ended up with a finished product that was really, really good. Uh, I took it to a few different bars and had them, you know, taste test it. And a lot of people liked it. it was, it's got a lot of heat because of the rye, but because I had a little bit of added sweetness from the weeded whiskey, it kind of balances that out. So it had a very, very, very long finish. And I still have it. Um, I uh, had a little bit of an accident where I was driving home and hit the brakes a little hard. And it the bottle top flew off and spilled half the bottle. And that took probably an hour to clean out of my seats, but um, cleaned it out. Besides the point, though, it is a very good bottle, um, and I highly recommend it. Um, have you ever tried making an Infinity bottle, and what was your luck with that? Well, so I have, but I, but my problem is I put a lot less thought in it than you did, and it failed. Because my problem was I, I don't want to put bottles I enjoy into an Infinity bottle and try to make something, because I'm, I guarantee you I'm not going to make something – as good as wild turkey makes true you know or old forester makes i mean i can try to lie to myself and try to say i will yeah. but i definitely won't so what i with, so not with that attitude you won't i mean but, <laughs> that's true i mean i'm a realist so like i just tried to uh mix together bottles that i didn't necessarily like okay and, well uh, if you mix the, if you mix together <laughs> bottles you don't already like you're going to end with a bottle that you definitely don't like it's literally all oh the worst bottles. <laughs> it was terrible i mean the only the only thing that made it good is i just poured it all out so i need to get, <laughs> i mean i need to get rid of those bottles anyway because i definitely wasn't going to drink them it's just it failed so i have given up the idea of trying to do an infinity bottle i might I might, I might revisit it down the road, but for now, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna stick the blending to the master distillers. It is what it is. I gotta accept what I'm good at, and I suck at blending whiskey. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everyone starts somewhere, you know. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the master blenders didn't wake up one day going, you know what, this is what's gonna do it. But still, it's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, each to their own. I mean, whiskey's made to be drank however you drink it. If it's drinking it blended with 25 other whiskeys or by itself i mean as long as you drink it that's really what matters right i mean do you care do you care if something's sourced or not not entirely no because some of the best stuff i've had has been sourced um and it takes a lot to make a good sourced whiskey because there's a lot of sourced whiskey out there that's not good um which kind of shows that there's a little more to it you know you can't just buy the juice slap your label on it call it good you know there's there's actually some more to it than that this one rye that i really got into sagmore rye is one of my favorite rise period in its source. It's all MGP. They're super, super transparent about what's, what's like uh, on it, what's in it. And, um, and it's really good. It's, it's hell its own against rise that aren't sourced. There's something to be said about that. Definitely for sure. Um, so long, long answer to a very short question. No, I don't really care if it's sourced or not. Um, as long as it's good stuff, you know what I mean? But what I do care about, is when you take source whiskey and go ahead and freaking jack the price up. That's not cool. <laughs> For me, 
everyone knows I like wild turkey. I like old forester. Those are kind of my go-tos. Yeah. Um, but I love trying new things um, for sure. It's just generally like it seems like it seems like Michigan has a pretty good whiskey culture. At least it's starting to get one. Whereas most other places like Asheville, for instance, have you ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? No. no. Okay, so it's basically like it's one of the craft beer capitals of the world like if you if you look at a push pin map or whatever and you're pulling up the breweries there's like 20 you can walk into like okay within walking distance and when i went last year i'm actually going there in two weeks that's why it's on my mind and uh they had i can't remember the distillery name i I probably wouldn't say the name because it was terrible (laughs) you know a lot of the a lot of these places craft beer kind of has a pretty big culture everywhere not only do they have beer obviously but food, entertainment, a lot of stuff. It seems like some of these small distilleries that are, you know, in places that aren't, you know, whiskey's not as popular. Mm-hmm. seems like they've just got the spirits, which yeah. is fine, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I, I would be cool with it. Like if me and you were there, we would be cool with it and we would have a good time. But, oh, yeah. you know, most people that you travel with, like my wife's not just going to want to sit in the distillery and drink liquor you know she's <laughs> she's gonna want to you know whereas like the craft breweries you know they have tons of different options and mm-hmm. uh you know obviously a lot of them have music and things like that so i feel like what once that catches up it's gonna be good for everybody it's i it's mean really pe- it's too about the like the the, the the scene too like if you got places that are distilleries and they only have the spirits right like i don't know just start start making cocktails out of them i don't know like a lot of places i feel like they they, they kind of slack on that it's like i'm gonna go and taste your stuff like put some craft into you know taking your spirits and making them easily accessible to everybody else like i didn't just start off drinking whiskey i started off drinking cocktails and then going you know i think this cocktail would be better with better spirit in it and then it kind of just built from that um you know as opposed to going you know what i'm gonna go try this really really good spirit and see how i like it like that's not gonna happen so i feel like you know, adding that, you know, having a craft cocktail aspect, so it's going to really help. Like here, a lot there's a lot of good spots that do that. Like there's there's some good lounges, places where like they they focus on quality cocktails, and at the same time they can get really really good spirits in. Like so, if you're ever up in Michigan, let me know. There's a spot in Grand Rapids called Buffalo Traders Lounge. Um, I basic I basically work there, but I don't work there. Like that's how often I'm there. That's which is terrible. Like I. I mean, I, I, I've, I've just gone there by myself sometimes, sat at the bar, just like newcomers will come in and I'll just talk to them and they're like, and then I'll be like, yo, you got to try this, that and the other. I actually leave a few of my bottles there. So if um, people are like, yo, I've been wanting to try this and I'm like, oh, really? You do? Well, good news is I got a bottle back behind the bar if you want to try one. So like, you know, um, but that spot there, like they, they have a great, great atmosphere. Um. Uh, the people there are super knowledgeable. They talk to you about the spirits that they have. They really, really recommend cocktails. Like, you know what I mean? Like for me, I want to go somewhere where I'm not the smartest guy in the room. You know, I, I don't know everything. I want them to tell me more. And I want to go somewhere more for a place that's more than just, here's a spirit, drink it, move on. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they add the history, the culture, you know, and then like some aspects of blending and putting it into cocktails. Like, I think that's what rounds out the the spirits, the spirit industry a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good point because – Really, it doesn't matter what the topic is. I, I really like people that are super interested in whatever they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you get, you get, you know, you get some of these distilleries. I mean, everywhere, any type of business, and you, and you know, you're going to have workers that aren't super into it. But the, the probably the best example I can think of is when me and my wife were in Key West. We just happened to stop into a meadery, and oh yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. we had never, and actually picked up a uh, bottle of mead that was aged in a whistle pig barrel mm. when I was down there. 
And so that kind of ties it into the whiskey. But but when I went in, the owner was there, and he probably spent. I mean, it was basically like a like a one on one run through of the all the meat they had, how they made it, how he got started, and yeah. my wife was super. I mean, I was super into it, obviously, but it was nice that my wife was into it as well. Oh you yeah, know? and it just the energy. I mean, if you're really into a product, you can tell and just have an energy or being really into the cocktails you make or can really yeah. go into detail about each ingredient. That always interests me. And I always appreciate that. But I understand that's hard to control, you know, when you're dealing with you're dealing with the service industry. But yeah, that's, that's always a good point. Whenever I think about that, I always think about the meadery because, you know, without that, I probably would have never even tried mead. So, oh, yeah, I so funny thing that you mentioned mead, my very, 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 very first experience with any sort of craft spirit liquor beer malted beverage whatever was a meadery the way we discovered it was super funny so it was in college so obviously college me was drinking beer bush light natty light all that junk so without really any um care for you know actual quality it just was what's going to get me buzzed right um and one weekend me and my buddies were kind of bored wanting to do something new and i was just scrolling through groupon <laughs> there was a freaking groupon for a meat place nearby and i was like you know what mead that's like skyrim right that's like what like the vikings drink right that, that might be kind of cool like, let's see what that's all about um so we got we all piled in the car like college guys do you got like one person that has a car and he managed to cram eight guys in it somehow and we just drove to this place and we were like are we in the right neighborhood because we pull up and it's in the industrial side of town like there's a junkyard next door there's an auto body shop across the street the highway is right in front so we're like we're going to get mugged here. This isn't the right spot. But, hey, there's a sign on the door, and it says Arctos Meadery. So shout out to those guys. They're amazing. They actually recently just got a new spot that's, uh, like, downtown over on, like, the uh, the West Side District, like, right next to all the other big spots. And their, their place is amazing now. But anyways, um, we pull up there, and I'm like, this kind of looks like an office space. I see a sign in the window that says Arctos, but there's no way we're in the right spot. But whatever, let's go in. So we walk in, we walk in, and it's like, your standard uh standard office space um right when you walk in um fluorescent lights tile floor whatever kind of weird um i don't see the spot still i'm like oh there's a hallway down here let's go walk down that hallway it's probably down there we walk down the hallway and then just at the end of the hallway there's just a big giant wooden door and it doesn't look like it belongs in this place at all like you got your standard you know office space where there's this giant wooden door that looks like it's straight out of like skyrim at the end of the hall I'm like, it's got to be it. So we walk over there. We open the door and it was like we walked through a portal, like all of a sudden, boom, we're in like a like a little miniature Viking hall. There's like a giant chandelier hanging from the ceiling with like tusks and stuff, all wood floor, everything, giant long tables, wood bar. Like they got like carved mugs hanging on the wall. And I'm like, holy crap, what what is this? Like the owner was there because it was super new um, and he just guided me through everything he made. The dude was like originally a submarine mechanic, like a nuclear submarine mechanic. So, but then he just decided he did this on the side, really liked it, got super popular. And now it's one of the bigger mead places in Michigan. Um, but because of that and because of his like, you know, willingness to talk about his craft and just get passionate about it, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then and then I just realized there's more out there to drink besides Natty Light. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, where I'm from, people just drink Bush Light, basically. That's a, that's a cool thing, too. And that, that's really what I appreciate about whiskey and mead. Really, any, any kind of craft, alcohol, or spirit. You get people from every single walk of life you can imagine. 
And so it's cool. It kind of brings people together. You kind of get people, you you get to talk to people that you wouldn't normally get to talk to. So I really like that too. And yeah, the people that were like the first, the first to start the meteries, the first to start the distilleries. I mean, these are some really cool people. Mm -hmm. Um, And who knows where they came from? Because they didn't just come up thinking, oh, I want to, you know, back then, now it's kind of like, oh, if you're in high school or college and you, you know, you're into that scene, you might think, oh, it'd be cool to own something like that in the future. But back 10, 15, 20 years ago, that was yeah. in nobody's mind, really. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, these people just came from nowhere. And most of the time they started doing it in their house, doing stuff in the garage, selling mm-hmm. to friends. So, so it's really cool to see the growth. And I think that, I mean, you know, you, you just don't really see that a lot anymore. So that's really cool to talk, you know, get to talk to those people that actually created it and own it. Because, yeah. um, you know, a lot of places you go to, you don't get to talk to the owner. And they're definitely not going to spend any time with you. It's true, man. It's huge. It's all about that community. It's all about, you know, having a good association with what you're drinking. You know what I mean? As opposed to, I mean, obviously drinking alone by yourself. I mean, so long as you have a healthy relationship with it, it's not a bad thing. But having some sort of an association with whatever it is you're drinking, whether that be, you know, a positive association from whoever you're talking to or, you know, where you're at or whatnot, it really, really helps, you know, firmly create a memory in your mind of that being a good thing. I guess I'll give you a last chance. I mean, everybody knows GR Whiskey. You've got the Instagram and you've got the podcast. How many how many episodes have you put out right now? <laughs> well, like four or five, I think. But um, I I kind of been sleeping on a little bit. I, I have a couple episodes I haven't updated yet, um, just because I've been super busy, which is never a really good excuse. But um, actually, after I get off this with you, I'm gonna go on and edit the one that I've been sitting on for a little bit, upload it. And then um, probably going to record a solo episode a little bit where I talk a little bit more in depth about uh, Kirkland and 1792, just something kind of like on my own. Um, but it's definitely something I'm trying to build back up again because I just got real busy with life and I was like, I just, you know, I got COVID and all that other stuff. But um, now I'm finally getting back on track. Uh, hopefully, you know, have a couple more episodes coming up. So good stuff coming soon with that. So stay tuned there. But yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Instagram, whiskey. I've also just been working on real life connections um as opposed to social media as much so i have a couple uh local guys that are pretty big into the scene too as well that i'm be doing stuff with here in the next couple of weeks i won't say too much but uh it's gonna be cool so but yeah man cool. i i appreciate you having me on man like different perspective i like hearing how you think of things and how you uh you know like to do stuff but it was real really good talking on your show very very different than how we did it online because you know i had different things i want to talk about so it's, it's really really cool to hear your perspective and kind of what makes you tick a little bit more. Um, I would, you know, obviously love to do it again in the future and, you know, excited to see what happens with your podcast because, you know, you're going somewhere with it and uh, I like what you're doing with it. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, returning the favor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely different talking into a microphone, but I'm just going to try to get better every episode. And I, I'd For like sure. to do, like you said, I'd like to do some individual kind of just talking about specific bottles, but that's, oh, yeah. and that's, that's a challenge too. It is. Um, it's huge, especially I'm, going solo because you have to fill all the dead space. But yeah, uh, yeah no, and I kind of um, when you're if you're ever up in Michigan again, let me know. We'll do one in person. We'll do it at Buffalo Traders Lounge, like at an actual bar with actual drinks, and it'll be a great aesthetic. We can do one for Europe. We'll do we'll shoot an episode for you, shoot an episode for me, back to back. You know, just get some content out. I think that'll be huge. That'd be cool. So yeah, we'll definitely make that happen. But. Yep. I appreciate you coming on GR whiskey. Check him out on Instagram, check out his podcast and we'll talk to you guys later. All right. See you guys. Thank you.